All right, so we have the best election coverage here. I think you know that. Uh, I hope you do. And we want you to spread the word because there's no BS on this program. Uh, we're going to tell you who's ahead, why they're ahead, uh, if the polls are fake, if the polls are good, whatever. Now, uh, as you may know, I follow the Rasmussen poll because that was correct last time around. And their methodology, which means the people that they interview for their polling results, is the most honest, in my opinion. So today, Rasmussen has Biden leading Trump 50 to 45. All right. I believe that number. And it's close because remember, that's within the 4% margin of error. Though very close. And either candidate could break away in the next 20 days. So Rasmussen is really the only poll I'm going to give you tonight because the other polls are fake, dishonest, whatever you want to apply to them, they are. And as we reported last night, at this time four years ago, the same polls had Hillary Clinton out in front by a humongous margin. And they're doing it again. I would love to see them, love to see them proven wrong again. And hopefully they'll go out of business. That's what I would love to see. You know, and as you know, we're up front here. I can't vote for Biden. Harris, I mean, I can't. They'll destroy the country. And I don't mean that on an on a economic level. I think they will. But I mean, traditional America, you wave a goodbye. I, I just can't vote for them. So anyway, Hunter Biden is in the news again. Nobody cares about Hunter Biden. I told uh, Hannity on his radio program today, and that's a good, it's a good listen. We have it posted on BillOReilly.com. I told him, unless there is a real direct line to Joe Biden, uh, I don't know if all of this Hunter Biden stuff is going to matter at all. Now, if you can pin corruption on Joe Biden, and, you know, I mean, obviously, uh, I believe that Mr. Biden used his position as vice president to enrich his family. I don't think there's any doubt about it. Is that enough, though, to persuade some people who are supporting Biden not to? I don't know. It's a tough one. Um, finally, uh, a county in Pennsylvania sending back 25,000 mail ballots because they were not properly done. Uh, Pennsylvania, that's going to be razor thin. And so you see this every day. Various states. And remember, the states are in charge of the vote, not the federal government. You see it every day that these mail-in things, there's mistakes, there's this, there's that. <sighs> you know, I'm going to report it honestly, but it's trying. All right, so Donald Trump back on the trail. Florida, last night he, he was in, uh, let me check my notes here, Pennsylvania. And tonight he's in Iowa. So what happens is Trump goes in, he does a rally for about an hour. It's like a rock concert. Thousands of people show up. OAN, Newsmax, they cover the rallies uh, and the speeches. Fox News covers a little bit of it, but not the whole thing. I don't really know why. At this point, Trump rates better than anybody else on Fox News. So I was saying to myself, why not cover the whole thing? But I don't know why. I, I just can't tell you why. Um, so he gets free airtime, Donald Trump does, on all the conservative, so-called conservative channels. The liberals don't carry it. And unless 
Trump makes a major gaffe, they didn't even bother covering it. So last night, I asked my crack staff to pick out the most flamboyant soundbite. And here it is. And you know Biden, he can't stand up to the lunatics running his party. He can't even find his way off the stage without him. Look, look what's happened. <laughs> Yesterday, he didn't know the name. He said, you know the guy, I think he's a Mormon, right? He said he's a Mormon. He was talking about Mitt Romney. He forgot Mitt Romney's name. Can you imagine that? Can you imagine? Then he didn't know where he was. He said, where the hell am I? Where am I? No, he's shot, folks. He's shot. I'm running against the single worst candidate in the history of presidential politics. Wow, if you lose, though, <laughs> I don't know about that statement. Um, now, they, this is a really strange story. So Gallup, mm, Gallup poll. Do I trust Gallup? Not as much as I used to. Um, so they do a poll from September 14th to 28th, two weeks, but they only talk to 900 registered voters. Why does it take two weeks to talk to 900 registered voters? They won't tell us what the political affiliation of the voters they talk to is. Unusual. Usually the polls will tell you who we talk to 50% Democrats, 40% Republicans, that kind of thing. So the question was, I'd like you to compare your situation today with what it was four years ago. Are you better off than you were four years ago or not? Better off, 56% of Americans. Worse off, 32%. I guess the others are the same. Now, I'm looking at this poll, and I actually scolded my staff when I said, how can I... I haven't seen this. I haven't heard about this. It was taken in September. They only released the poll October 8th. They were finished with the poll September 28th. So what took them 10 days to release it? Most polls are released within 24 hours. It's only 900 people. Again, not like it was hard to count. It's something really strange here. All right? And you're raising these questions. So then the question becomes, if 56% of Americans, according to Gallup, think they're better off now in the middle of a pandemic than they were four years ago at the end of the Obama administration, then Trump should walk in, right? So there's something very strange about this poll. I can't take it any further than that right now. I'm looking at it, but I thought you would like to know because nobody else will tell you. So then Joe Biden shows up in Cincinnati because he, Democrats believe Ohio's in play. Remember, Trump won Ohio by eight points last time around. So local, uh, sharp local reporter by the name of Kyle Inskeep works for uh, Channel 12 in Cincinnati. He has the Gallup poll roll tape. Gallup reported last week, 50, 56% of Americans said that they were better off today than they were four years ago would have been under the Obama-Biden administration. So why should people who feel that they are better off today under the Trump administration vote for you? Well, if they think that, they probably shouldn't. They think 54% of American people are better off economically today than they were in our administration. Well, their memory is not very good, quite frankly. And in addition to that, we have a president who doesn't share the values of most Americans. 
All right, standard answer. Uh, the memory's not very good, and he didn't, couldn't even remember. The kid said, or the guy says, 56%, not 54. I'm being, I'm nitpicking, and I don't want to do that. Okay, but the interesting thing was, well, if they think you're better off, they shouldn't vote for me. That's what I say. <laughs> but, you know, this is strange. Strange days have befallen all, all of us in America. Um, Romney, Mitt Romney. And then we'll get to our de- uh, guest, David Bossie, who's written a book on uh, Trump. Um, Mitt Romney. All right. So I've known the governor a long time. I call him the governor because he's governor of Massachusetts. That's when I really knew him. And I went to a Red Sox game with him, uh, with his wife and his son. And I, wouldn't, I wasn't pals with him, but we had a good, respectful relationship. So now uh, Mitt Romney is a senator from Utah. He does not like Donald Trump at all in any way because Trump disparaged him. All right? Call him a loser and all that other stuff. And that's what a lot of the hatred toward Donald Trump is all about. Personal stuff. So Romney releases a big Twitter thing, and I'm going to quote some of it for you because I want to analyze it. Mitt Romney, I have stayed quiet with the approach of the election, but I'm troubled by our politics as it has moved away from spirited bay to a vile, vituperative, hate-filled morass that is unbecoming of any free nation, let alone the birthplace of modern democracy. The president calls a Democratic vice presidential candidate a monster. He repeatedly labels the Speaker of the House crazy, and he calls for the Justice Department to put the prior president in jail. He attacks the governor of Michigan on the very day a plot is discovered to kidnap her. All right, I'm going to stop there. There's there's another portion. Let me stop there. What Mitt Romney lacks is context. So he points out that the governor of Michigan uh, was attacked by Donald Trump. Well, why? Because the governor of Michigan, Whitmer, a far-left loon, said to the press, Donald Trump's behind the threat to me. Mitt Romney leaves that out. Senator, that's not honest. Okay? As for Pelosi and Kamala Harris, okay, um, I think they've been just as rough on Trump as he has been on them. Now, you can say the President of the United States should, shouldn't do X, Y, and Z. All right. But there's no context to your remarks, Senator. None. It's not fair. Let me continue. Mitt Romney, quote, the world is watching America with abject horror. More consequentially, our children are watching. Many Americans are frightened by our country. So divided, so angry, so mean, so violent. It's time to lower the heat. There, uh, Romney has more of a point. Kids are watching this. They're hearing this. This isn't good. Polite discourse is gone in politics. Now, you can blame Trump. You can blame the press. You can blame the radical left. All of them are responsible to some degree. They are. But Romney frames it like it's mostly Trump's fault. That's what you see here. And it's not true. Some of it is. But Trump is a reactive guy. He's reacting. Okay? Now, during the uh, 2016 campaign, Trump attacked me on live TV in Detroit. 
said I needed a psychiatrist. <laughs> Google it, because I was critical of some things that the president was saying. All right. Did I take it personally? No. Did I call him a name back? No. Did I hate him for doing it? No. I've known him for 30 years. He makes fun of me all the time. But he did that on live television. <laughs> O'Reilly, you needed psychiatrists. And he was, he was mad. He wasn't kidding around. All right? This is what people do. All right? Trump's reactive. He was reacting to something that I said. Not to make an excuse for the president, I'm not. I'm just telling you who he is and why he does what he does. Romney didn't do any of that. But I do agree with the senator from Utah that the United States needs to calm down. But you're never going to have that when you have a corrupt media that has an agenda in trying to remove a president of the United States. Look, Mitt Romney doesn't mention the Mueller thing. He doesn't mention impeachment because he voted for one count of the impeachment, which was insane. That was an insane vote, Mitt Romney. And it was purely driven by your personal animus toward Donald Trump, not any constitutional decision. So, you know, I'm, I don't dislike Mitt Romney. I'm not angry with him. But it's my job to analyze him and everybody else in power in an honest way. This tweet, not really honest. So this next story, you're not going to hear anywhere else. But this is what gives me hesitation. You know, I'm doing all kinds of radio all over the place uh, in this country to promote Killing Crazy Horse. And I'm on, you know, we're on about 250 stations on the O'Reilly Update, my radio, my daily radio program. It's doing all those stations, then we're doing others. And everybody asks me who's going to win, who's going to win, who's going to win. And I say the same thing. I don't know. Maybe Halloween I'll be able to make a pick, but not now. And here's why I don't know. This is, stay with me here. LeBron James is the key to my hesitation to call the presidential race. LeBron James, the basketball player, who is a far left guy, is an admirer of Colin Kaepernick, who just yesterday said, ban the police, let everybody out of prison. Ban prisons. Mr. James really thinks Colin Kaepernick is a number one. Okay. LeBron James runs the National Basketball Association. Not Adam Silver, not Mark Cuban, not the owners. LeBron James runs it. That's how powerful he is. And he's might be the best basketball player ever born. That's how good he is on the court. So LeBron James has become a social justice warrior. And he rammed down the throat of the league. I want all the players to wear Black Lives Matter slogans, other slogans, to promote social justice, which the league did. Okay. On Sunday night, they had the championship game between James L.A. Lakers and the Miami Heat. Last year's championship game was between the Golden State Warriors and the Toronto Raptors. All right. So last year's game delivered 18.4 million viewers. Watch that game. You know how many watched this year's game Sunday night? You ready? Make a guess. 5.6 million. The championship game ratings are down 
Okay. Why? You had the best player in the world on the court, LeBron James. Why would you lose 70% of your audience? Because the folks said, you know what? We don't like far-left politics blending with basketball. And we're not going to watch. Power to the people. Now, that is exactly what happened. There's no other reason why the NBA would lose 70% of its audience for the biggest game of the year. Folks, including me, including me, I said this before the playoffs began, I don't watch a second of it because I do not respect propaganda. Colin Kaepernick, in my opinion, is a very dangerous, destructive human being. And LeBron James promoting Colin Kaepernick is dangerous and destruction as well. Destructive as well. Now, I don't care what LeBron James believes, all right? He's entitled. He's an American. He's entitled. But when he influences children, when he tells them that America is an evil nation based on white supremacy, all right, when he tells them that while living in a $50 million home in Los Angeles, California, because of his skill, that in the free marketplace is worth that kind of money. When he does that, I walk away, as did 70% of NBA players. Now, how does this translate to the presidential race? If that many silent people, you didn't see any demonstrations against the NBA. You didn't see any threats or anything like that. It's nothing. All it was was got the clicker with the thumb. I'm watching something else. That's what it was. If that tidal wave of rejection is apparent in the National Basketball Association, that tells me a lot of angry folks out there, a lot of people not liking what they're seeing on the far left. That's what it tells me. And these people, of course, are not reflected in the polls at all. These people are the folks that just go about their business. Not loud, not raucous, not demonstrating. I went, you know, if that indicator is nationwide, Trump's going to win. But I'm not sure it is. But it gives me pause. And my analysis is based on reality, and that's reality. All right, let's bring in <laughs> David Boss. He's got a new book along with Corey uh, Lewandowski called Trump, America First, the purse, the president succeeds against all odds. All right. I think it was a song against all odds. Wasn't that Phil Collins? Uh, so he wants royalties from your book, uh, David. Okay, look. <laughs> Good luck. Um, I, re I read your book. And in the afterword of the book, the last thing, you have a pretty interesting analysis of Donald Trump's life and how he's come back. From disaster. I mean, I wrote about it in the United States of Trump, but you put it into a political context. And here's the comeback kid, and he's going to bring the nation back from COVID. All right, valid. Does he need to make a comeback, Donald Trump, now, in your opinion? Is he that far behind? 
Or are you, as some of the conservative radio talk shows hosts are saying, convinced it's going to be a landslide victory for Mr. Trump? Uh, it's definitely not going to be a landslide victory. The, the president has a lot of work to do uh, over the next three weeks. He, he can do it uh, just as we did in 2016, Bill. And you were referring to that earlier in your in your monologue is uh, when we came out of uh, the Access Hollywood tape weekend, which was just about three and a half weeks before the election, uh, we were down nine uh, in the national polls. We were being it, it, it told that we had virtually no chance of winning. And Donald Trump came back and won. The greatest comeback of all time in American politics. And so he uh, can do that again. Uh, we're not down, uh, you know, nine. We are in some states, but in, in our path to 270, which is what matters, Bill, as you, as you well understand, we are within the margin of error or up in every state that we need to win uh, to get to 270. Whether we get to 270, 272, uh, 280, I don't know where we are today, but I can tell you we got 306 in, in 2016. I don't need to outdo that. I don't care what it is as long as we get to 270. I don't care what our margin is. To be honest with you, we just have All to right. win. So you believe it's close. Um, but it again, I want to point out that a lot of Trump supporters, particularly on talk radio, say it's going to be a landslide for Trump. So, um, well, Bill, can, go ahead. Can I, can I, let, me, let me just say this. I was part of the team that built the path to 270 in 2016. There was only a few of us. Uh, and it was a, an in, incredibly hard thing to do. Uh, and our number one MVP player was then candidate Donald Trump. He made the decision to do the hard work and stay on message that were uh, that we saw that were moving voters. He did that. He did that with discipline, uh, and he did that with tenacity over okay. the last three weeks. If well, he does the same exact thing now, if he does the same well, thing well, now, well, 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 he let can. Me, David, he didn't stay on message, and he wasn't disciplined in the first debate, and that hurt him. One hundred percent correct. Yes. Then why would you think he might be better? Well, Bill. Go ahead. I could. Uh, it, well, we there's a lot of folks who back in 2016 didn't believe that Donald Trump did well uh, in the first debate against Hillary Clinton at Hofstra. Uh, and, the, and and we saw, remember, uh, that uh, Paul Ryan, then Speaker of the House and many other Republican leaders were telling people, oh, my God, that the campaign is over. Donald Trump doesn't have stand a chance. We, we're not we're we're in the same position a little later, but this president can still do it. Uh, it, it these these polls uh, and what the economy means and and the people who uh, and, and by the way, just to be clear on some of these polls, the methodology is garbage. Your poll, the, the poll you were rec uh, discussing, the Gallup poll, which I have not seen when you said to the audience that it is of registered voters. A guy like me who does this for a living discounts the poll, Bill, because at this late stage in, in October, you're only looking at likely voters. The, the, likely the registered voters, voters right. aspect is well, well beyond. Us. And you, but there's something wrong with this gal poll because it didn't take two weeks to get it out. Um, <laughs> no, right. No, no, but, polls right. are so, old an hour after they're done. So, David, I believe that Donald Trump can make a comeback, primarily because 
Joe Biden's a weaker candidate than Hillary Clinton. You might not have liked Mrs. Clinton, but she knew about policy. And she wasn't associated at that time with the far left. Biden is having trouble articulating any policy and is in the pocket of the far left. However, millions of Americans are going to vote who don't know anything. They're low information voters. They hear stuff. And the constant bang of the drum by Hollywood, uh, by their friends, by college teachers is Trump's the devil, Trump's the devil, Trump's the devil. And those people are going to vote emotion. We don't like Trump. They're not going to vote anything else. Am I wrong? Well, people, Bill, we see this over and over again. To pollsters, they say they, they're, they're against Trump, but they don't actually turn out to vote. Because turning out to vote, especially in this election cycle, uh, with COVID and the other challenges, is potentially an uphill battle for a lot of people. They may not do it unless they're very dedicated to doing it. So folks who are low information, folks who are not highly motivated, uh, aren't necessarily going to be turning out uh, in, in, in enormous numbers against this president. Okay, um, that's we, a, it's we, a legitimate just, point. It's speculative, but it's legitimate. Uh, people who aren't well, engaged no, might not even show up. I got two more questions for you. Is the president, in your opinion, handling the COVID issue well? It's not a good issue for him. A lot of people are afraid, a lot of people angry, a lot of people getting hurt. But is he handling it well? He, I, I truly believe he has done a, a very good job in the handling of it. And I think he would agree with this, what I'm about to say as well. He has not done, and his administration has not done a good job in communicating what they have done to fight COVID. So I think I give him an A on what he has done. I give him a C on communicating to the American people everything that they have done to help fight this. The greatest public-private partnership ever since World War II to fight this insidious disease that many, many families in this country have felt. Uh, you know, you have 214, 215,000 people, Americans dead. Any one of them is too many uh, for this Chinese virus that, that they've brought over here and sent over here. It is, All right, but it you, is you know that the opposition, the opposition is going to say more COVID cases in the USA, more than 8 million than any other place in the world. And it's because of Trump. And that's going to be up until people cast their ballots. That going to resonate? Yeah, they've been saying that. Yeah. That, right. That's what they've been saying, Bill. They're going to continue to say it. I think this president has to has to have a very good answer. And he's, I think he does have, especially now that he's had COVID himself, he understands it. He was isolated from his family, just like every other patient. His children and grandchildren couldn't come visit him. It was it was an emotional time for everyone around. Well, he's got to get and that so across. I, yeah. I don't know if he can, but he, if he would get that across, it would help him. Final question. On page 115, yes. you and uh, Lewandowski give me a compliment. You say that um, back uh, in 2016, four years ago, whenever you had a tough situation on a message that you wanted to get out, you went to me, all right, for an interview because I was tough, the toughest guy on Trump. You actually say that. To get him ready. Page. To get him ready for tough right. interviews. That's right. right. Okay. You don't have that now. So you don't have anybody <laughs> tough on Trump that, hate, that doesn't hate him. You got a lot of people tough on Trump, but they hate him. Okay. I don't hate him. I was just tough on Trump because right. I'm tough on everybody. That's my job. Okay. 
So you don't That's have right. that now. You don't you have no go-to place. You either have the hate Trump or the love Trump. You've got nobody you can go to to hone that message, to get him ready to bring something to the American people. So the question becomes, the media has become amazingly corrupt. I think you would agree with that, right? Is that going to hurt Donald Trump? Is that going to hurt him in the end? Yeah, not, not having a, a real journalist that is fair uh, to be able to talk uh, to and, 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 and interview uh, President Trump to get him ready for these tough uh, uh, interviews, the tough town hall meetings, the debates, is a challenge. And, and I wish we did have that, Bill. I'll be honest with you. I wish we did. Uh, but this president, has, he knows the policy. He knows his message. He has to take the next 21 days, 20 days, to really hone it and sell it to the American people. And I think we're going to increase over the next three weeks the intensity of this campaign. We're going to outwork Joe Biden because the American people, Bill, don't give the keys to the White House to somebody uh, and just anybody. you got to go earn it. You have to want it. You have to. That's right, what we'll the see. American people got in 2016. And I think we'll see it again this year. You think Biden's going to show up a week from tomorrow for the final debate? I certainly hope so. <laughs> I certainly hope so. It's going to be need, interesting we, to see if it shows. The American people deserve it. Bill, the, oh, yeah. The no, people deserve no it. Doubt they deserve, they no deserve doubt. a debate. They deserve three debates. But I don't, I don't know I if the guys. one thing? Yeah. Can, let me just point out that, uh, you know, they, the, 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 the Presidential Debate Commission is a, is a failed organization, needs to be disbanded. However, they cancel this debate uh, over health reasons that was supposed to be tomorrow evening. And now the president is holding a town hall meeting with NBC News uh, in a location with real people. And Joe Biden is holding one a town hall meeting with ABC News with real people, but they couldn't manage to do that together. I mean, the Presidential is Debate it, Commission couldn't because, put these two people David, together, but two independent networks could. It wasn't the Presidential Debate Commission. The Biden people, the people who are running him, don't want him to debate again. That's what happened. Yeah, I agree. And that's why I don't know if it's going to happen next week. David Bossie, the book is Trump, America First. Thanks, David. Really appreciate it. Morning consult, 2,000 registered voters, Democrats 38%, Republicans 36 That's all right. Independent 26 The question, do you think the Senate should vote to confirm Judge Barrett or not? Vote to confirm 48%. Vote not to confirm 31 Don't know 21 She's in. All right. But... Professor David Blight at Yale University teaches history. He's calling for civil disobedience if Amy Coney Barrett is appointed to the Supreme Court. All right. So he despises her so much. Civil disobedience. So what I'd like you to do, Professor Blight, is just lay down in front of a bus. You know, no, I don't want any ill to come of the professor. Notre Dame. Um, 88 faculty members at Notre Dame, fighting Irish, all right, say that uh, Judge Barrett should quit right now. <laughs> right. Nobody on the Notre Dame Law School signed this, but 88 faculty members did. Now, who are those people? Oh, we don't know. I guarantee you they're all far left people. I guarantee it. All right. 
So uh, you never heard about this. I never heard about it, but it was underway. In the Justice Department, U.S. Attorney John Bash investigated the Obama administration in the unmasking of people wiretapped in the Russian collusion investigation as Bash. And he found after his year long investigation, no substantive wrongdoing, nothing. Okay. I didn't see the report. I don't know what he did, but he quit. He quit the justice department. He's gone. He announced on Monday, October 5th, that he's out. Why? So I I think Attorney General Barr has got to have a press conference. Where's the Durham report? Who's this bash? What's going on? You know, I like the Attorney General, but it's time for a press conference. San Francisco and New York, everybody's leaving. All right. You may have left your heart in San Francisco, but everything else, you're taken out of there. So uh, the median rent is 31% less than it was a year ago in San Francisco. New York City, about 20% less. This is rent for an apartment. And it's going to go way, way down. My prediction is New York's going to lose a million people because of uh, incompetence, high taxes, and COVID. This is a great story. So yesterday we made fun of Smith College up in Northampton, Massachusetts. One of the most liberal schools in the country always has been. So apparently there was a crime committed on campus and they had to call cops. And the college sent out a crime alert to students that included this, quote, be on the lookout for a Hispanic male wearing dark jeans. So apparently this guy did something. So now the college has to apologize because they use the word Hispanic. And the president, Kathleen McCartney of Smith College, says, quote, it's clear to me that this message caused great distress, not only to people who identify as Latinx, but also to others. So now if the police put out a description and it contains the word Hispanic, everybody's in distress. <laughs> so now Smith College promises never to do that again. Oh, it's just, you know, I'm sitting here and I'm going, they're making this up, right? They're sending me this stuff every day. They're making it. It's not really true, is it? It's true. Now, a few years ago, I said uh, the word Oriental. And I was describing Asians. I said Orientals. All hell broke loose. I still, to this day, don't know what I did wrong. So I looked up the word in the dictionary, the Webster. And Oriental is defined as of or relating to or situated in the Orient. The Orient is the Far East, all right, Asia. So I asked my staff, and they're really good, find out what what it is that you can't say Oriental anymore, or you're a bigot. So we talked to, apparently, Erica Lee, Director of Immigration History at the University of Minnesota. She says, quote, 
Its origins are in the era of European colonization when the terms Orient and Oriental were used to describe Asia and Asian peoples as backward, inferior, exotic, and foreign in order to justify colonization and subjugation, unquote. Okay. I'm not going to say Oriental anymore. I, I say Asians. It's okay. But there's a difference between Northern Asian, Southern Asian. Uh, all right. And I'm not going on the Orient Express, the train, because there's murders there. I'm just not doing it. All right, let's get to the mail here. We'll begin on a message board. Now, on BillOReilly.com, we have message boards. And you can go there and have fun with everybody on there. Lively, very lively discussions. Johnny, President Trump didn't destroy TV news, Bill. He simply exposed them for what they are. Peddlers of a fake narrative designed to misinform viewers, they destroyed themselves. It's true, they destroyed themselves, and I made that point, Johnny. But 10 years ago, when I was there, not nearly the way it is now. Corporations have taken it over. They're running it as profit centers. Hate Trump, love Trump, just like the books. Okay? When Trump leaves, whoop. Everybody else will leave as well. Not everybody, but audience will decline drastically, like the NBA. Michael, I still cannot believe I heard Joe Biden say the voters don't deserve to know if I will stack the court. And the media ignores it. That should have been the end of any politician. Ten years ago, it would have been. Not now. Doesn't matter what Biden does or says. They hate Trump so much. Doesn't matter. Jermaine. If Donald Trump is doing so poorly, why are his rallies packed while Biden is nobody coming? It's kind of a false analysis to do that. Donald Trump has 40 to 43, 44 percent really love him. All right. Really love him. And then about 40 to 43 percent hate him. It's the other 15 percent. They're in the middle. But when Trump shows up, I mean, that's a show. It's like a rock concert. People go and they're entertained and he gives them a show. When Biden shows up, what did Biden do? Nobody's going nobody's gonna to show. But that doesn't translate into votes. Patricia Yashenko, Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Bill, I'm concerned about the thousands of early votes that have already been cast. You don't say much about it. If Mr. Trump pushes ahead in the polls the next couple of weeks, what good does it do him? If the early voters already voted for Biden. Number one, what would I say about it, Patty? I don't know who's voting for who. How would I know? It's a secret ballot. What can I say about it? It's legal. All right, if it's legal, you can do it. Now, I pointed out voter fraud and that it's easier to do in certain circumstances. We've already done that. But we can't speculate. At this point, most Americans will go to the polls. Paul Butko, Sarasota, Florida. A great injustice is done to the American voter. How can we elect our leaders when very important information is stifled by the Justice Department? Are you talking about the Durham report? I, I'm with you. I'm with you, Paul. I mean, I, I, I don't know. If I were President Trump, I would call Durham in. I would interview him. Okay? On tape. And then I report to the American people what he said. What I do. And certainly the president has a right to do that. Now, Dora might quit if he doesn't. 
but then I get bar with somebody else. Now, the fact that millions of folks will be relocating from Democrat-controlled cities over the next few years concerns me. Can't blame them, but already we're feeling the impact in the Western states. Look at Colorado. Look at Colorado. Colorado once was a very traditional state. It's now a blue state because all the California people moved in. Oregon, same thing. It's America. You'll move where you want to move. At least now, we don't know what the far left's going to do. Adele Watros, Yelm, Washington. Am I saying that right? Yelm, I think so. Y-E-L-M. We love your program, Bill, but especially today. Loved Brett Tallman's granddaughter. His smile said it all. Thank you for keeping us sane in crazy land. That was a moment I, I had no idea. But it's one of the reasons that this program, the No Spin News, is so different from everything else. Anything could happen here. Kyle Nepper, Lafayette, Indiana. Bill, you've turned me into a reader. I am 25 years old, used to hate reading books, hated it all throughout school, but mostly because they were boring. I just finished Killing Crazy Horse, couldn't put it down. Killing the Rising Sun is next. Excellent, Kyle. Reading is, not only is reading good for your mind, but it relaxes you. And if you learn something at the same time of being entertained, that's what we try to do. Sean Craig, Newburgh, Maryland. Just finished Killing Crazy Horse, wanted to add my compliments. I've read every one of your killing books, but this one is my favorite. Killing Crazy Horse, going great. Buy from us. Get the Stand Up For Your Country stickers free. All right. Read the reviews on Amazon. 93% of the reviews on Amazon say it's a great book. And those are the folks, not the pinheads. Okay, uh, got to get in that Christmas mode. We got the best mugs in the world, made in America, stand up for your country. We got the best hats in the world, stand up for your country. Now, these are little gifts, but they mean a lot when you give them to people. I'll sign copies of Killing Crazy Horse for you. They mean a lot. If you become a lifetime member on BillOReilly.com, you get all nine killing books. You know how many gifts that is? Nine. <laughs> Unless you want to read one or two of the books. The greatest deal ever. Christmas. Yes, in America. Quick break. Back with the final thought. All right, here's the final thought of the day. you got to maintain composure. You have to in this life. Now, a few years ago, I went through a really terrible thing. And, and I almost lost my composure, but I didn't. And I had people around me, you know, saying, hey, I'm talking me off the ledge, you know. And that was one of the most important things I've ever done. Maybe down the road, we'll uh, right some wrongs on that. Mm, we'll see. But I did maintain. And now we have an empire on BillOReilly.com. If I had lost my composure, if I had done what the evildoers wanted me to do, none of this would have happened. If President Trump loses the election, maintain. Maintain. All right? If Joe Biden loses the election, same thing. You hate Trump, maintain. That's our system. We'll be here. We'll watch everything that happens so you'll be ahead of the curve. We'll see you tomorrow.